Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very exciting. But guys, I don't know what's going on. I feel like I was so on the ball and I need to stop doing this thing. Right, <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop word vomiting. Whenever I'm feeling like a bit iffy, I'm just like, rest, calm down, breathe. You need to look after yourself and stuff. But sometimes I don't think I get the balance right of like, resting and looking after myself and then pushing myself to do the things that I don't want to do but are going to make me happier like this morning I should have got out of bed and gone to the gym and gone to work in the office like I should have done that and instead I was like I need the extra hour I need that extra hour and so decided that I'd just work from home today which was like obviously fine nothing like work was fine everything like that's fine but I find it so much harder to balance when I'm working from home because like I started at half eight and I didn't finish till half six and I feel like I'm just I don't know what it is about being in the office like I know people have done studies and stuff but it's just easier for me to like switch on and switch off because I'm associating it with an environment whereas like in my lunch break I was meant to go for a run and I just didn't I haven't left the house today and I just think like the winter blues are getting me down they really are, and I just want you to know that it's okay. Like, it's okay if you're not feeling as productive as you were in summer. It's okay if you have, like, days where you actually don't get everything done that you need to do. Like, I have so much I need to do. I have such a busy weekend coming up, and I'm excited for it, but in my head, it's already Friday, and it's just not. Like, that's my level of tiredness right now, is that we are at Friday, and I'm just nowhere near Friday, and that is a... Well, no, we're past Wednesday. We're past the hump day. So tomorrow I'll go into the office and I'll go to the gym and it will be really good and I'll feel better then. But it's just been, I feel like I'm still learning how to get it all right. Like as soon as I think I've cracked the code, then I don't listen to my own advice and then I just don't do it. I think one of the issues I've realised is that I actually won't listen to a rule that I impose on myself. Like I actually won't. I will straight up, like if I have a budget and I've gone over budget and I want to go out for dinner with my friend... I will go out for dinner with my friend. If I've told myself I'm going to go to the gym and I wake up and I don't want to go, I won't go. And it's the fact that if I have to do something, then I'm just not going to want to do it anymore. And it's only in self-motivated things. Work-wise, don't feel like that at all. If someone tells me to do something, I do it. Like, it's fine. But personal life, if I don't want to do something, but I've told myself I have to do it, it's me. If I tell myself something I have to do and I don't want to do it, the chances of that happening are slim. The chances of that happening are minute. I'm my own worst enemy, honestly. If I didn't constantly think about everything that I didn't want to do and instead started focusing on the things I actually wanted to do, I'd be so much more productive. So much more productive. But anyway, we move. I digress. We'll get there eventually. It's just like the 9 to 5 routine is hard. Like it is hard trying to figure out how you're going to do everything and fit everything in and just wonder when it starts becoming more of like a normal and when do you stop just living for the weekends I think I that's the thing I've noticed as well with my attention span and ADHD is like working out in the morning helps me focus and I know this I know this I literally tell you guys this every single week and yet still today god I've been in a like I just finished work and I just wanted to scroll and escape and not really do anything and I just I'm finding it hard to pay attention to things I think I am like everything is good everything is fine But I think I'm just feeling a bit like trying to find my rhythm still. And I guess these things happen. Like, it's understandable. I'm still new to everything and still just trying to figure out what I want to do. But trying to work out what that rhythm is 
and trying to work out how I can do what I want to do. I also, I really miss my boyfriend. Like, we haven't seen each other for a month now. And I think they definitely reached a point in a long distance relationship where you're just like, I just miss you. I just want a hug. Like, I want to remember what it feels like for us to be together. Not that, it, like, you forget, but I do feel like when you're away from each other for, like, a really long period of time, you then have to start making ultra efforts to stay in contact with each other and to stay in touch. And it's just, like, obviously you do it, but it is hard. And it's hard to find, like, your time when it matches up. And it's, like, after work today... I just didn't, I just was just wasn't in a chatty mood, like I just generally wasn't. And I think it's really tricky when you're not, like you just want to spend time with each other, you don't necessarily want to just like chat, you know, and you just want to hang out. And I think some, like, some people are really good at just being quiet and just like being with each other's presence on the phone, but I'm just not, I've realised, like I need to talk or be doing something. I'm not good at sitting still and just like doing my own thing whilst we're on the phone. I think that does make it trickier. But anyway, on to the life update of what is going on this week. I had the loveliest, most wholesome, perfect Sunday ever last week. I went to go see my nana and we went for a dog walk and then I met my cousins and we went for a roast dinner and then I came home and I watched films and it was just like, you know, part of me almost preferred it as a Sunday because because I was busy doing things. I wasn't thinking about the fact that I had to start work on Monday. So it wasn't like the Sunday scaries were kicking in. Because that, that ha- if I'm just chilling, that's what's happening. Sorry, I'm fiddling with my contact lens that is broken. And I just shouldn't be doing that. When I'm just chilling on a Sunday, I start to think about work quite early on. But because I was busy, I just wasn't thinking about that. And I got all of my jobs done on the Saturday. And it was just like a very lovely weekend. But I do think your root- your weekends do start to form into this routine of doing stuff one day, chilling the next. And I think that is the only way that a weekend could be. But my boyfriend's coming to London this weekend and I'm so excited. I am so excited. I have such lovely plans. I'm not too sure what yet. I really want to go to Richmond Park because I've never been and I've seen they have deer. So I think I'll do that one of the days. And I don't really know. I'm trying to keep it cheap because I spent a little bit much last month. I went a little bit OTT on the spending front and so this month needs to be less ott because sunday christmas is coming and i need to prep for that but anyway it has been a good week and i feel like i am settling in and my week is feeling better and i'm feeling so much less anxious than last week so these are all positives i think it's so easy to focus on the negatives that are going on but ultimately these are all positive things i think i'm just realizing more and more about london i miss those snippets of escapism Like, I miss just being able to go for a walk after dinner or just go for a walk at lunchtime. Like, and I can do that. I can go for a run, but, like, it takes me a bit of time to get there. I should have done that today. I really should have, but I just didn't because I didn't think I could fit it in. And I definitely could have. But, like, I should have pushed myself to go outside, but I didn't. And it's fine. We move. But this is the thing that I really miss about being at home. It's, like, just being able to go anywhere and do anything, you know? Having like, like you felt like there was that flexibility with your surroundings where it felt more open space. Like I do love London and it is great. And I think I'm coming on like a year and a bit of living here now. And like, I love living here. Like from my office, I can see the London eye. And that's like such a pinch me moment. I didn't realise I could either. And then all of a sudden I saw it out the corner of my eye and I was like, look at where I work. Like, this is so cool. But I do think like, I miss the 
the hustle and bustle is great, but I miss that room to breathe. And I wonder how sustainable my life is here. Like, I I don't think it is long-term sustainable. Like, I don't think London is long-term sustainable unless you're mega rich and you can afford to live, or you just live really far out and you accept that you're going to commute every day. But I don't know what it is about me, but I just really refuse to commute for, like, longer than 30 to 40 minutes. Like, I'm not going to go somewhere that takes me an hour to get to work. An hour is so long. Like, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to have any life if I spend two hours travelling. That's just not what I want to do. And yet remote working is great, but also has so many cons. Like, I think remote working, again, is only really beneficial when you have an exact place to work and you work out what your working routine is going to be like. And I think if you have a really established friendship group and social circle, then it can be really good. But I can also imagine it could be really isolating. Like, if my housemate wasn't in today, I wouldn't have spoken to another person. Like, I know you can phone call people, but it's not the same as just hanging out. I think you miss that gentle conversation. You know, the conversation where it's not loads of effort, where you're just chit-chatting, which sometimes doesn't feel like you can have on FaceTime because there's more of a need to, like, converse then, you know? You're having this entertainment as your conversation, so it's like, I feel like you need to chat, not just, like, like, chit-chat. I don't know if I've got that wrong, but I feel that way anyway. Onto the content path of this week's podcast, where I am telling you to do the thing that you are scared about doing, because I promise you, it is not worth being scared of people's opinions. I'm going to tell you why. So this week's podcast episode, we are chatting about why you should do the things you're scared to do, even if you don't want to do them, especially when you're scared about doing it because of other people's opinions. And I feel like so much of this, like I faced so much anxiety about creating a podcast like so much anxiety I was so nervous about what people were going to say about what people were going to think you've got mail for the first year of its life I didn't tell anyone I'd created it apart from my boyfriend and my mum I didn't tell a single soul I didn't repost it on my like personal Instagram like I still don't I don't repost things on my personal Instagram like there is a whole collective group of people that probably don't know that it happened. And I think, like, I think that's fine. And I think so much of the things you think you want to create and the things you want to share, you think that they have to be loved by everyone. They have to be, like, utilised and experienced by everyone. But they don't. And I think that is what you need to realise so that you can start doing things that you really, truly love. Because I know everyone says, like, you just need to stop caring about other people's opinions and you just need to start focusing on you. And, like, yes, that is true, but I think that's so much easier said than done. It's so much easier to just be like, yeah, I don't care. But then the reality is you do. Everyone does. Everyone tries not to. And it's okay. And it's great to try not to. But it's okay if you do. And so sometimes when you do care, but you don't want that to stop you, I think you have to be smart about how you're going to make it happen. And one of those ways you can make it happen is just doing it on your own. Not everything you need to do needs to be posted about and shared about and spoken about by everyone. Because I also felt like when I was creating You've Got Mail, I didn't, because it was just my own thing, no one knew about it. I didn't have any followers. I was purely creating the content just for myself. It meant that I didn't feel like there was a sense of expectation about what I had to create. I felt like I had more creative freedom with it because there was less pressure associated with it. And I think that was another real benefit of like keeping it small before it was ready to go big. And I think the thing is, it's like, it's loved by so many people that I've never met. 
but like half the people probably know me don't even know it's there and I think that's also really crazy and really brilliant and also the way that has helped me wrap my head around doing it and so this is the thing I feel like there's we all have these things that we think we want to do and we don't know how we're going to do them but we want to achieve them but we're so scared about what other people are going to think because it is scary and I'm constantly like a little bit nervous like when I actually think about people listening to the podcast it makes me feel obviously very happy very excited very grateful all of the very positive things but then if I imagine like 700 people stood in front of me and me having to just sit here and like chat to 700 people, oh my God, the imposter syndrome, the, I just end up pressing pause and I'm like, I have nothing to say. I shouldn't be doing this. This is a no, 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 no. And I think that's the other thing I've realised is that when you are starting to create something and then it starts to gain traction, you just have to keep it focused on what you're initially doing. You can't let the things around you get in your way. You can't let those things cloud your judgment. You can't become intimidated by them. Because I know it is intimidating once you think people are starting to appreciate what you're doing. Even if they're celebrating it, like, it is intimidating still because it starts again to put this pressure on because other people have expectations about what you're doing. But I think this week has really taught me that the core of what I'm creating is something that makes me really happy. And I think when you're creating something for the right reasons, when you're creating to create because it makes you happy, then it's always going to be a good thing to do. And I think this is where a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but I think this is where people make a mistake in that they create something because they want the outcomes of what that creation could bring. They want to be an influencer because they want to go on the free holidays and they want to, and like, there's nothing wrong with that if like that's what you want to do. Fair enough. That you do you. But for me, I just find that with a podcast, it's so hard to be like inauthentic because you guys are having a FaceTime conversation. You guys are chatting with each other. You are, I'm like updating you on my life. You guys know the ins and outs of how I'm feeling. And so for me to be inauthentic wouldn't feel like we're properly connecting. And like sometimes I'll listen to a podcast and it just feels so scripted that I find it hard to connect. And that's be like, that'll be why I end up not properly engaging with the content that'll probably be why I don't tune in again and I think this is where it has to be totally authentic whatever you are wanting to create because then you enjoy experimenting with with it and you enjoy doing it and you enjoy doing it when you don't always want to do it like the podcast isn't always something I want to do I love doing it and I'm always grateful when I've done it and I love having it but like no one wants to do everything all of the time sometimes I'm like what am I even going to talk about is this even good? And again, the imposter syndrome, if I start thinking about the reality of what I'm doing, is so intense. But you do have to do things that make you feel scared. Because when you're feeling scared, that means you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And if you don't push yourself outside of your comfort zone, then you're never truly growing. And I think this is the thing about life. Like, it's so nice to become comfortable. And those, like, those soft moments of life, like I've seen so many tiktoks recently about like just living in a cottage and just coping with like your day-to-day and growing a garden and just having a very low stress lifestyle and I'm always torn because like there's so many parts of that lifestyle that I just think that sounds lovely like that genuinely sounds lovely like just working very chill work in a coffee shop like even though I know coffee shops aren't chill and they can be stressful but it's one of those ones where it's like if you're away to like as soon as you leave your job it's over it's finished you do that like but I think the grass is always greener and you romanticize what that job is like because like I haven't worked as a waitress since 
like three years ago, you know, you romanticise what that type of like job is like. But I hear that job and I think, God, that sounds lovely. But then I know that in those moments where I have just been doing like the chill stuff, I felt really unfulfilled. And I guess it's again, where do you find your fulfilment from? Is it right that I find it in a career? I don't necessarily think it's wrong, but I don't necessarily think it's right. And I think this has got to be something that you grow and you learn about yourself. It's like, how can you find motivation within yourself in just experiencing life and like not constantly feeling on the grind? Because it's really easy to feel like you're constantly, constantly climbing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, that you never settle which is good, like I'm not saying you should ever settle, but I think it can also be exhausting and then you start wondering like, are you prioritising the right things in life? Are you making the right decisions for you? And I think that's really tricky. And I just think it's something to be really aware of, it's like asking yourself, what fulfils me? What makes me happy? And realising that like, these things that you want to try, these passion projects that you want to do, they have great potential. Like, ultimately, they might be able to become something that, like, you earn money from and could become, a, like, a form of an income type thing. But also, they might just bring you a lot of joy. And although that's not money you can spend on different materialistic things or holidays or, like, you know, although it's not money you can spend, it is something that you can feel a lot of purpose from. And I don't think you can undervalue the importance of purpose, of having a reason to get up in the morning, of feeling like you're striving towards something when you don't have a lot of other things going on. It's really helped me having something outside of the working life, like have an identity, because I think I do tie a lot of my identity to the things around me and I feel like quite connected to the things that I do. And I struggle to think of who I am separated from You've Got Mail. Like I think like it embodies so much of, like, like, it is me, like, it's not, but you know what I mean? It embodies so much about me, and it's taken so much time and effort and work into doing, but it's something that I love so much, and it's something that brings me so much joy, and when I hear about how it's been loved by other people, it's something that makes me feel so excited, and makes me realise how many other opportunities there are in the world, and that's, again, why I think, I think everyone should have a passion project, I think it's so important that you do something outside of your working life, your academic life that is just for you. And I know you're tired and I know you don't think you have enough time for it, but it could literally be as simple as like colouring in. Maybe you are really passionate about colouring in and you are going to become a great colouring inner. Like it doesn't have to be the next business enterprise. It doesn't have to always be something. But I think it's so important that you have something that you are passionate outside, outside of your work. Because you need to realise that you have an identity outside of work. You are a person outside of the nine to five. It is not all just about that. And this is why I just don't want you to be scared about what other people think anymore. Because people are always going to judge you. But they're only judging you because they're jealous that they couldn't do it. Like This is the thing. People will have judged me for doing this podcast. Like you're listening right now. And you probably like the podcast because you're listening right now. But there will have been people that will have laughed about me doing this and they will have made fun of me and it will have been chatted about and like, like that will have happened. And that's okay. It's okay that people have done that. Like it doesn't really, it hasn't affected me. I don't know about it. And also it might not have happened. 
You're never going to know the answer to these things. Because that's the other side of things. You could spend so long worrying about what people think about you when the reality is they're not thinking about you at all. And not because they don't care and they don't want you to succeed. Like, not in an absolutely negative way, but just in a way that they're thinking so much about their own life that they're not thinking about yours, and that's fine. And this is why you should just start focusing on yourself and doing the things that make you happy and trying out new things and working out what you want to do and not letting your fear of other people's responses to you taking up space in the world stop you. Because you deserve to take up space just as much as they do. And if someone else started it, you'd feel impressed and you'd feel jealous that they had the confidence to do what you didn't have the confidence to do. And I just think it's really important that you realise this. Because as soon as you stop letting other people's opinions of you cloud your judgment on whether or not you can do something, you are going to be able to achieve such great things. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. So on to the question part for this week's episode, and I'm so sorry if it sounds A, echoey, and B, if you can hear noise in the background, because the neighbours are having a party. We haven't met these side of the neighbours yet, and it's so interesting. I can't really hear them, but you might be able to hear them, and that is a concern of mine. But anyway, let's find the first question. Tips on struggling in a grad job. I think my biggest tip on struggling with a grad job is realising that you need to be really kind to yourself. Right now, there's a lot of change that you're going through, and there's a lot of adjustment. And I think this is what I have found, is that... There are a lot of things that are going on and it's totally different to being at university. It's almost like adjusting back to being in school because you are working so many more hours and it's a different timetable and you don't have as much autonomy over what you're doing. And I just think you have to realise it's going to take time to settle in and you are going to struggle a little bit at points and that is okay. I think I really thought it was going to be so much easier and it would just be like just so easy once I started. But the reality is there's so many other things going on that you didn't have to deal with when you were at university. And that is an adjustment as well. And not only that, but you're constantly questioning whether or not you're doing the right thing. When you're at university, you're feeling like you're opening up your options and you get to decide. There's like so many different things that you could do at the end and you still like have that feeling of like, you haven't agreed to do anything yet. Whereas I think it's different when you started your first job because you almost feel like you're singling something out, like you've narrowed your choices down. But that's not true. You can quit if you hate it. You can try new things out if you really don't like it. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. You're not limiting your options. You're just trying something out. And so I think my biggest tip for struggling in a grad job is first being really kind to yourself and allowing yourself to just accept that it's going to take time to get through this. It's going to take time for this new routine to become a new normal. And that's okay. But then also recognising when you're feeling like, or just being aware when you're feeling like you've hit your limit on struggling. When you start thinking and questioning whether or not this really is for you. And I think that's really important to be aware of as well, because I don't want you to be struggling in silence. And realising as well that there are other options at work, that there are people who are able to help you. If you are really unhappy, there might be other ways you can work around it. So I'm not saying going to work and be like, I hate my job, but communicating with the people around you and trying to work out what it is that you are struggling with the most can be really helpful. One of the things that I struggle with the most is feeling like I don't have a life outside of it because when I come home from work, I don't want to do anything. And so the biggest thing that's been helpful for me is like waking up and going to the gym in the morning. So stupid, but like it's freed up so much more time in my evenings and I don't feel like I'm just like sleeping and going to work. Like that's been something that's been really beneficial. Okay, on to the next question. I've moved because I just think it's going to be too noisy. You've been so happy lately. You know what? I have been happy and I am, like, everything is going well. Everything is going okay and I think I'm starting to come, I am happy. Some really exciting things are going to happen soon and 
I can't share anything else about it, but like there's just some really exciting things coming and I just feel they can be more honest with how I'm doing. And so my core level of happiness is higher, but it doesn't mean that I haven't been struggling. And I think that's okay. And I'm starting to come to terms with the fact that there's like a duality all the time. You can be really happy and also feeling really shit and you don't have to love everything all at once. And just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean that everything in the world is bad, you know? I've been kind of working out how I can get my head around both of those things happening at the same time. And I think that's made me feel happier. But also remember Instagram highlights real, highlights real people. There's not always the like, if I'm not posting on stories, it's probably because I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like there's so many things going on, you know? Okay. Any advice for moving things forward with a classmate? We both like each other, but it's so hard to try something more than friendship as we see each other all the time. And I feel like we're both stuck. So it's tricky. I think communication, but it's really tricky because I don't know how old you are. And I think not, I don't mean this in a patronising way. It's going to come across so patronising. I really don't mean it in that way. But when I was like, because it's like classmate, if it's like 14, if someone was like, Bella, age 14, communicate your feelings, that would not have happened. That would just not have happened. I think it's definitely something, I'm so sorry that this comes across patronising and I don't mean it to be this way. But I think it's definitely something as you get older, you do become better at communicating how you feel. And I think that's the only way you can really move things forward if you think things are stuck and you're seeing each other in that way. And I think you can't expect things to change if you don't tell people that you want them to change. Like, they might not know that you like them. They might think they, like, they might not like you. Like, do you know what I mean? There might be so many other things going on here at play. So I think the only way that this is going to go forward is if you say something. But I also understand that that might be really tricky because if you guys are in school and blah, 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 there's, like, so many intricacies with that. And so you've just got to go with whatever your gut feeling is telling you to do and what you think is right after you've read the situation, after you're... Like, you know, but if it was me, I think it's time to maybe have a chat. If you're really sure on this person being like, like you want to try and make it go further. And I think that is the only way you can move things forward. If it's, it's, it's through communication, you've just, you've just got to tell someone how you feel. And sometimes that is scary and putting yourself on the line is scary. But again, nothing can change if you don't make something change. Nothing can change if people don't know you're okay. Again, linking back to the struggling in the job. Nothing can change if people don't know you're not okay with the status quo. And I think that's really important. Okay. Final question. I'm scared of driving, but I'm actually going to try it. Any advice on how to get over the fear? Right, guys. Driving anxiety... Like, I hate driving with a passion. Some people love it, and I'm so content being a passenger princess. Like, I feel no inkling to drive. I do not enjoy driving. I don't get any... I get no... It makes me very anxious all of the time. I failed my driving test three times? No, twice. The second one, I had a panic attack. The first one, I cried the entire way home. I then... I've had four different driving instructors, and... In the end, I just made my mum do it. And I think the the biggest tip for driving anxiety, I think you've just got to realise that, like, everyone around you also had to learn to drive at some point. And also realising it's not that hard. Like, it's not that hard. You have done more complicated things. This is what was really annoying me. I was like, I've done things that are harder than this, but I just cannot wrap my head around it. 
And I think realising that there is a process that you can make things go okay. Like, if you stall, there's a process to unstall. Do you know what I mean? You can drive normally. It's just a process. And you've just got to wrap your head around that process. But I also listen to, like, meditations about driving. And I thought a lot about driving. And I also think it's exposure therapy. Like, I used to go out on an evening just on my own. When, like, obviously after I'd passed. And I just used to drive, like, in a really... There's this, like, quiet area near where I live. And I just used to go and drive around there for, like, 10 minutes. Just practising. Just, like, practising doing it to build up my confidence. Because it is just confidence and it is just practice. And it's one of those things that if you don't do often, you get so much more anxious about it. Like, now I live in London. I never drive. Ever. Ever. But I knew I needed to pass my test before I came here because if I didn't, I would never, ever pass it because I don't have a want to do it. And that is not ideal. Like, I just don't really want to drive ever. I would way prefer to take public transport every single time. But you need to learn. It's an important thing to learn. And so my biggest tip on driving anxiety is exposure therapy, is putting yourself on the wheel because as soon as you realise it's not that bad, as soon as you realise that stalling is not the massive anxiety thing that you think it is, it becomes so much less stressful. But anyway, on to the new things that I've done this week. So on to the new things that I've done this week. I started watching that Twin Flame documentary on um, Netflix. It's good. It's not like great. <laughs> like, I don't, it's not the most... I watched it whilst I was cooking and it's the perfect cooking TV if you know, then you know, like, it's like a, it's engaging, but it's not too, like, it's the perfect level of you can switch off for a little bit and then go back in and it's like, it's good. It's a really interesting documentary and what those people have done to the other people <sighs> blows my mind. Like, watch it because I feel like we should all be informed about it. I also, I watched Love, Love at First Sight. Great film. It's my new favourite film. It's my new favourite Christmas film. It's so lovely. It's a British one. I'm sorry, but the British Christmas films, 10 out of 10. They always are so great. It's like The Holiday and Love Actually. I might watch Love Actually tonight. I can't lie. I'm feeling very, feeling very cosy. Feeling like I need a bit of cosiness in my life. Feeling quite tired and a little bit like I need a hug. So I feel like Love Actually, that does sound perfect. Other things I've been watching is Gilmore Girls Can't Lie. I've been watching, and I started The Crown again. Rogue Decision. Just decided the new season's come out and I might start again. But I don't remember what happens. But I also kind of do, which is making me not want to watch it. I don't feel motivated to watch it at the moment. I don't know why. But all of my family are on the Netflix account. And so I can never watch Gilmore Girls. And it is the most annoying thing ever. I always get on last. And it just means I can't. And I can't afford my own Netflix account. No, thank you. That is not what's happening. On the reading list this week, I haven't finished Arrangements in Blue, but I am nearly about to finish it. And then, let me get my other book that I'm about to read. Sorry, I am coming back. I am coming back. Don't lose interest. I'm here. Okay, it's called We Were Young, and apparently it's like normal people. And it says, Cormac is a photographer, not yet old, still a few years off 40. His life has settled into a routine of teaching, sexual encounters with men and women, nights that last until morning and the hangovers that follow. But in the last weeks of the year, everything teeters on the brink of change. A chance encounter with Caroline, a dancer, leads to a miniature odyssey of intimacy. Meanwhile, his brother's midlife crisis forces Cormac to reckon with a long ago bereavement, still hanging over those left behind. So, 
it's meant to be brilliant. And it's meant, to, like, if you love Sally Rooney's work, you will surely love We Were Young. And so this is my next book to read. Look at these reviews. Immensely enjoyable, beautiful, beguiling, I don't know what that word means, beguiling, whatever that word means, and funny, endlessly rich and breathtaking. If I wrote a novel and five different people described it as that, I think I'd cry with happiness and joy. I don't think I'd ever top that. I still really want to write a book. I wonder what I'd write it on though. I do have a couple of ideas. I also have something big and exciting that I can't share it with you yet, but I will at some point soon, probably next week. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I'm a worst secret keeper in the entire world ever. Also, next week's podcast episode, I think it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to do a Desert Island Discs episode where I'm going to go through and I'm going to tell you all of the songs that mean a lot to me because I've been feeling emotional and I was listening to my emotional playlist and it was making me feel wow. And I feel like I need to share these songs with you. So your homework for the next week, listen to Desert Island Discs, find a person that you're really interested in and just listen to that. Even someone you're not actually, because some of the most interesting Desert Island Discs that I've listened to have been about people I don't even know. And if you don't know what Desert Island Discs is, it's a radio program on Radio 5 where these people come on and they tell you their life story through the like 10 songs that they would have if they were on Desert Island forever. And like the reasons why I love it. I love Delisa Island Discs and this is your sign to go listen to that. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. It makes my day and I'm so, so, so grateful that you're here. Make sure that you're following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got Mel underscore pod and I can't wait to speak to you again next week. I love you. Bye.